back to the Fire You Carry podcast. On today's episode, Kevin and I talk about our memorial stair climb for 9-11. We just finished that up. It was amazing. Big thank you to everybody that came out. We couldn't do the event without you, and you guys made it the rousing success that it was. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Fire You Carry podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Kevin Welsh. I am Noel Lilly. I don't know if you could tell, but I am like super exhausted, but super happy. Yesterday was our third annual 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb, and it was awesome. It was amazing. Just incredible. It was so rad. And so obviously it was a long but amazing day. I think we had our biggest turnout. I'm, I'm just going to say that. Really? By far. Oh, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen this, we're going to be posting pictures and videos and a bunch of stuff from the stair climb. We've, this is our third one. And we have our gracious host, which is Core Health and Fitness, which if you don't know, they're the parent company. How do you explain it? Oh, they're like the parent company of some of the largest brands like Stairmaster, Star Trek, Nautilus, Throwdown. Schwinn. Schwinn. And, and so they're just incredible people. I, I have a, a brother in Joe Travers. And I've known Joe since we were 18-year-olds at Cal State Long Beach. And he's now just the head of the engineering department. So he designs all these things. And he hooked us up with Jeff Diltz, James Young, and their whole team. And it was like three years ago, we had an idea to do a memorial stair climb on their equipment. And it was awesome. This year, I think it's starting to finally get some traction and all the people know about it. And I think the coolest thing ever, what we thought would be, hey, for the firefighting community, of course, we always get that shine a little bit, has turned into like the most epic family event ever where wives and kids and everybody are putting in work for the fallen 343. The level of family participation this year was just incredible. I there were only a handful of guys that weren't able to bring their families out. Everybody else had their wives and kids out there. And I mean, because we're talking about families, let's just talk about this. So Stairmaster, the people at core, they put out all the awesome brand new Stairmasters. And then down at the end of the line, they put two of the smaller models specifically for kids to climb on. And then they also brought out a Jacob's ladder. That thing was savage. And the kids... Once one kid got on that thing and started climbing on it, it became a competition. I don't know if you saw because yes. you were down on the other end doing the mic thing, but Becky brought out a whiteboard and they started recording the kids and how far they'd climbed on Jacob's ladder. And it became this competition and nobody, nobody told them that it was a competition. They just <laughs> innately knew they were now in a competition. And so that board at the end was just covered with the kids' names and how high they climbed on Jacob's ladder and then also on the Stairmaster because they were doing that too. And they were just going after it all the entire event, which we we started showing up at eight. We didn't leave there two, most some of us, but the entire event, all the kids were over there hanging out together, climbing in competition with each other. It was just really cool, really cool aspect of the whole thing. Yes. And I don't know the gal's name who works for core that was basically in charge of the kids area over there but bless her heart because she had a line of eight or nine kids fighting to get on the jacob's ladder and beat the next kid's score and she basically had to wrangle them up it was hilarious and those kids it just goes to show you right like we talk about fatherhood and being a leader and showing by example what you're doing and that was part of it for sure but kids innately want to challenge themselves like they innately want to do these things and it, we just have to give them the opportunity. And not one kid I saw like on an iPad or on YouTube or whatever, they were just grinding Jacob's ladder over and over. My 10 year old Allie, she's like, came up to me and I, she's, you know, she's my daughter, but she was like, I'm going to beat everybody. And she was, <laughs> a, she tried, she did two stair climbs and however many floors or whatever on Jacob's ladder. And she was completely passed out, but purposely was like, I'm beating all the kids. You know? Yeah, man. Gotta love that stuff. I was trying to orchestrate the, the chalks of climbers and get everybody lined up and, you know, climbing and making sure there were no empty machines. 
And just about every five minutes, Indy would run up to me, dad, dad, when is it our turn to climb? Because he was dying to get on the stair machine with his brother and our friends, the Valdez family that was there and his mom. And he was just like, when is it our turn? When is it our turn? He just kept asking me the entire time for hours because I made him wait till the end. But he was just ready to go. He could not wait to get on that thing. And then when he finally finished his 110 floors on the smaller stair machine, he wanted to be sure. He made sure he talked to me about it. So I climbed the same amount that those guys over there did, you know, the guys that were yes. on the big ones in turnouts. And I'm like, yeah, exactly the same. You did it. You made it. Okay. All right. Good. Like he was, <laughs> that was his thing. He wanted to do it just like everybody else. So fun. Dude. And we got to talk about, it. so I don't know why, but every year we do this, maybe because it's in early September in Southern California, but it's been blazing every year. Hot. But this year uh, we got a, we got a shout out Leslie Maroy. Hope it got your name right. And Becky Muck of the Stairmaster core team, we showed up and they already had a team out there at like 6 a.m. pulling out these like 7,000 pound Stairmasters and putting the tents up over it in the rain. It was it, raining. It was <laughs> raining, but it was like that humid storm rain, you know what I mean? Where it was like, I don't know, it was already 80 degrees. It felt like it's seven in the morning and it's raining and people are texting me like, hey, is this still going on? I'm like, of course it's going on. Do you know? No. Yes, it's going on. <laughs> but their team was incredible and they had, I don't know how many people out there pulling this thing out and putting it together in the rain, in the middle of the morning. And they were just such amazing hosts and great people. And I think they got, they liked the family vibe of what we were bringing in, but I just think them, they were so amazing. Yeah. Really awesome. It was super encouraging when I pulled up cause I was concerned my whole drive in, you know, driving off the mountain, it was like an hour and 45 minute drive or something. And I'm like, man, I don't know what to do with this rain. I hope it's not raining over there. And then I got there and they were already, like you said, I got there and they were already hard at work and happy to be out there. It was such a great team of people. Really cool. So we also partnered with MyZone and we talked about this on, I think our last episode is this cool new partnership that we have with MyZone, which are these awesome heart rate monitors, but Terry Woods and Priscilla DeMond, uh, Priscilla was out there and we had, I don't know how many of these awesome MyZone units that people got to wear when they checked in and they put their, like it or love it, they put their heart rate monitor up on a screen so you could see like what I love about it is like as firefighters, you're not wearing a heart rate monitor inside of a commercial building fire or a brush fire for the most part. But when you can see how taxing it is, when you actually look at fit dudes in turnouts in whatever humidity that was, 85% humidity and heat, that they were like taxing out how hard it was to put on turnouts in a BA and get 110 floors in was incredible. And then you think about what those guys got to have to do on 9-11 with no elevators. It, it just brings home the sacrifice that those guys made. Yeah, when you have all that gear on, you're carrying all that extra weight, and especially if you have a BA on your back and you're breathing air, you're tacking out. You're going to be in the red. You're going to be close to your max heart rate, if not at it. And it is really... It's a cool thing for that because, like Kevin said, we don't have an opportunity to do that on the real fire ground, we just work. You just put the work in, but it is valuable to know like just how taxing that is. And I mean, I think it's a testament to all those guys that got up there on those stair machines and put in 110 floors in humid because it was hot. It was still hot, even though we had clouds and some rain, the humidity was just a brutal addition to the event, but the guys grinded it out in the red the whole time, most of them, but they awesome. did it. I think about like, it'd be interesting to start putting data to our training. You know, like I always think about the rookie firefighter. The rookie firefighter is usually the fittest. They're the youngest and they just had all the training. They're very acclimated to throwing ladders and pulling hose, right? But they're the ones spun out, heart rate maxed out when the bell goes on, they sprint to the rig. And you say like watching veterans, well, I'll say Noel is now a veteran firefighter, but <laughs> we have those veterans that we think of. I think that the Joe Barrios or the somebody yeah, like yeah. who may not look as fit, right? But they know how to control their emotions, control their heart rate slowly, but efficiently walk to the rig, slowly, but efficiently get dressed. 
I'm spun out as a new guy. I just throwing my coat on and doing all this stuff. And you're, are you spun out by the time I get to the, to the rig. And then if you have to put air on, you're going to suck down that bottle so quick and then you're out of service. But it's interesting to watch, like with the heart rate monitor, some of the more seasoned guys kind of pace themselves, right? And know that, hey, they're going to do some long, hard work. And even though they will outwork us, even with a lower, let's say, perceived fitness level. Yeah, I've 100% been on fires where I know for a fact that I am, quote unquote, in better shape than some of these other guys walking around in the fire ground. And yet being completely broken off and watching these guys continue to work and go, what, what is happening? And it's definitely that it's that wisdom and it's that conditioning that they've had because I, you know, I'm still a new guy. Yeah. I talk about, like I watch our buddies, captain Steve shoot, who does a lot of training and a lot Mm -hmm. of training and gear and the perceived fitness level from let's say us is, is more right. But when you see him work, that guy can work all day. Or I think of captain Victor Lamelli, who was our captain. He's, he's just riding a bike at a lazy pace, but you get him on a roof and gear and he will outwork every single person there. And I think there is some acclimation to like that work hardening that we talk about, but it's cool to match my zone, like data to see where your heart rate is actually at. Uh, on like a training type of thing to see like, okay, I need to start pacing myself or breathing, or maybe I shouldn't get so spun out. It's cool to watch data versus training. Yeah. Especially with the MyZone platform, because it levels the playing field, right? So your red line is going to be different than my red line, but it evens those out so that it's actually measuring effort put out. It's not measuring true heart rate versus heart rate because mine is completely different than yours. It's measuring effort level. So you can look at that screen that MyZone had up with everybody who is currently plugged in. And you can see that, you know, when you and I were climbing next to each other, when we're at about, I don't know, floor 80 or something, we're both in the top end of the yellow, right? We're both cooking along and doing that together. And, you know, maybe somebody off to the left of us is in the red as they're getting closer to 110. But that's, that's an even playing field. It's not, you know, well, Dave Tebow's over there and he's fitter than both Noel and Kevin, but it's a level playing field, which is one of the reasons why we love the MyZone platform so much. Yeah. And it was really cool to have our friends from Element, LMNT. They had electrolytes out there provided to us. They've given us a bunch of their product for the program. And it's one of those things that like we were using way before they gave it to us. Yes. And uh, it's like, you know, if we were, Nolan, I've been fans of Rob Wolf, who designed it for a long time. Uh, He was a CrossFit gym owner and paleo guy. And we were following him from, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Long time ago. But we needed it because yesterday was super humid and super hot. And so it was cool to be able to give people like some really good electrolytes that was well needed. And I always felt bad because they brought out brand new Stairmasters. Oh. And like we were just, just drenching them, drenching them, guys in turnouts. And it was just, I was like, sorry. <laughs> turnouts and element salt sweat. The fun thing about the element salt is that for most guys, when you tell them about it, if they've never tried it before, they're kind of like, eh, whatever, I'm not really in. But to a man, everybody that we've shared that stuff with, they then go on to purchase it themselves because it is such a good product. And I mean, the word addicted gets thrown around. I heard it yesterday. Multiple guys told me, hey, after I came to the program and I tried the stuff there because Element supports the program as well and gives us electrolytes to give to the guys, they try it out there, they feel the effects of it, and then they go purchase it themselves because it's just outstanding. It's the best It's the best product on the market for electrolytes, uh, hands down. Yeah. Then we had our friend John and Emily Engel out with the Hold the Line. And, you know, we had uh, John on episode 144 recently, which is really cool. But we meet a lot of cool people because of the podcast. We meet so many cool people. But what's way better to me are these events when we get to meet their significant other and their kids. And John brought out his truck and we told people about the nonprofit that he runs, bringing people up into the Kern River and going fly fishing. I think the coolest thing with them is they do it as a couple. And so like Harmony and I are going in October to his program and going fishing. And we talked about it like after our podcast, 
but it was really cool for my wife to meet Emily and me to meet her and their kids and then say, oh my gosh, it like took out all of the fear of us going to that. She's like, who are these people? And am I going to get along? She loved them. Right. And so it was of like, course. now we can't wait to go fishing with John and Emily. And I think the work that he does is incredible. And the support he's given us to our program is unbelievable. And it was awesome to have them out. Podcast listener, there's a little, uh, there's a little cool opportunity there for you. If you miss that, I'm going to tell you about it. Kevin and his wife, Harmony, are going to be with Hold the Line, with John Engel and his wife, Emily, in October. That's like next month. You could get a chance to go hang out with both those cool couples and a bunch of other cool <laughs> people. So get on Hold the Line's website. The link will be in the show notes and sign up. Chance to hang out with the legend himself. Podcast host extraordinaire. Stop yourself. <laughs> well, I'm dead serious, dude. I want to go. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Wait, what? Okay, so we get people showed up, and I always worry, like, oh man, are they going to show up? Because we were in Lake Forest. I don't live in Lake Forest. I don't know I where Lake either. Forest is, but mm. we showed up, and everyone was. Every single person was like, I think that's the fire family vibe. It's like you don't show up empty-handed, and you ask what you could do to help when you get there. Oh. And it's so noticeable. Every single person that showed up was like, hey, can I grab this? Can I grab that? Can I do? And dude, and then people just started helping with pop-up tents and start doing all this stuff. And it's uh, grabbing SCBAs out of my truck. And like, man, it's so cool to have Michael McCarthy was there. He's an AO in La Habra. He brought like four or five of his buddies from his different academies. And dude, those guys were amazing, dude. They were just helping out left and right. And then they waited all day to climb. And so... I just love the fire family vibe of that thing is like, I'm here to help in any way you have. And like, obviously many hands make easy work or whatever that saying is, but it was awesome when everyone showed up. It's just the fire thing, dude. They started working. Yep. hundred percent. I got asked a hundred times yesterday, what can I do to help? I saw guys walking around, picking up trash toward the end of the event. Shout out to Justin Kalnas. I saw you. Jake. I know you were trying to make it no big deal, but I saw you picking up trash, bro. I know you did a lot of other stuff too, but. I mad respect. I, I can't say enough. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Every single one of you. Cause we got help from all kinds of dudes yesterday. We actually have like an educational piece in the morning on what nine 11 is. And it's really been huge for us. Cause I realized I was kind of failing at educating my kids. That it was like nine 11 was a life changing event for me. We've talked about multiple times where we were on 9-11 and what happened. No one went to war after, you know I mean? Like there's things, our lives have been changed. Our world was changed. Our country was changed. And my kids didn't know anything about it. So part of the start of it was Nolan and I saying, we'd like to teach our kids and even the youth firefighters now that weren't even alive when 9-11 happened about mm. what this is and why it's so important. And this year we actually had Noel's kids and actually come out from the mountain fifes and drums and start us off. And I want to tell, maybe you could talk about who came and what Northy did and stuff, but that was so cool. And the video of that is going to be up on uh, our stuff, but it was so cool. Yeah. So you guys know, you've listened, you've heard that um, we're part of the mountain fifes and drums, my family. And so they dress up in the tricorn hats, the uniforms of the revolutionary war era fifes and drums, which was a way that they would communicate back then. So my kids have been participating in that for about eight years, and we thought it would be really cool to include them and some of that type of music in the event. It's very patriotic. And so they came out. It was actually Jaden Garland, my son North, and then Evan and Eleanor Valdez. So it was four of them. So they had two snare drums, two fifes, and they played Battle Hymn of the Republic at the beginning of the event. And then after we said the Pledge of Allegiance, they played the Star Spangled Banner, so the National Anthem. Awesome. And yeah, it was just super cool to have them there and have them get to be a part of it. And the main concern of initially just the three boys, but then also Eleanor, who was the youngest of the group, was after I play, will I be allowed to change and climb? <laughs> and they, of course, the answer was 100% yes. And they all did. All four of them did did the climb, did all 110 floors. So it was really cool to see. And then Evan, Evan Valdez, his dad, Frank was there. His mom was there too, but uh, father and son got to climb next to each other, which was super cool. Dad threw on a BA and uh, they just crushed it. So really, really awesome to have them there for sure. Added a lot. That was cool. And then we had Daryl come out, who is the LA County 
um, pipes and drums, uh, pipe instructor for a lot of the guys that was in the band come out and we did, Noel did a prayer, which was really powerful. And then we had a moment of silence and then the pipes come in. And I don't know about you, but I, the pipes get me every time I get mm. like emotional. And did he play Amazing Grace? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like every time, every time I hear that, I think it hits something deep within my like cultural core. But if you guys don't know, like when after the potato famine, the Irish all flooded out here, they were fairly persecuted. Nobody wanted the Irish in America. And eventually they realized that if they got into government, they could start changing things for the best of them. And they became mostly cops and firemen. And so that was the traditional like FDNY, Chicago, like they were a, a huge predominantly Irish. And so when they had on duty deaths, well, they were Irish. They played bagpipes at their funeral. And that's become a tradition in the it's fire the service. Yeah. It is the standard. And to me, like when you hear that, it just hits a different chord in my core when I hear that. And it really brings home kind of like the what we're doing and what those guys gave for their life. And every time I hear the pipes, it, it, it re- have an emotional response. Yeah, it's absolutely the perfect way to lead into an event where we're remembering those that gave their lives on that day. It's just there's no other way to do it. And he did a great job. Huge thank you to him for coming out. Yeah. It's the way. So it was pretty cool. So we we have like we had figured out that some people couldn't make it and then a lot of other people could. And so what my plan for the day as far as the organization just went out the window and we were figuring it out on the fly. But it was awesome. We've had guys that have come every year and make it a point every year, like Keith Nunes, who's our driver, yes, the best Keith. driver in the county, and what's brought his daughter. He's come out every time. And like my uncle Chuck Menente who is a legend of the Glendale Fire Department, 30-year firefighter, and he had retired. But now he brings all of his boys out. My aunt was out there, and Chuck just had knee surgery like a month and a half or two months ago. And he's a total <laughs> savage. And, and wild his, man. His best buddy was Chief Bill Bailey. But it was that was really powerful for me because when I lost my job in – the mortgage industry. And I said, okay, I want to, I want to become a firefighter. They were the first two that I called and they were doing like oral interview prep. And I could just see him shaking their head. Like, I don't know, man, this guy's got a lot of work, but I wouldn't have become a firefighter without their help and guidance along the way and mentorship. And so to having them there as a seedings veterans, you know, like climbing it out and still grinding, it meant so much to me. So cool to see him there again. It's, I mean, every individual that comes is super meaningful, but it made my day seeing seeing Chuck Menente walk up for sure. <laughs> we had uh, Eric Langslet, who's been on the show. Eric is, is just an awesome dude. And Eric is now like a clinical therapist. He's gone back to school and is an adult and is getting into that world of helping us work on the mental PTSD. And he brought his wife, Sean, too, and his two boys, and they all climbed. And he is a grinder, dude. That guy likes to be in the pain cave. I think him he and does. Noel are brothers. You can see it. Yeah, but his wife got down. I mean, that was so cool watching the length of it. And then, you know, we had, like, guys from the station, you know, like Eric Eastland, his wife, Jen, who's a nurse, their two kids, and everybody was grinding out all together as a family. Yeah, super cool. Big shout-out to Stephen Kohoot. Cahoots, however you say your name, Stephen. I still don't know. I made him wait till like the very end to climb. I just kept him waiting and kept going back and be like, yeah, I'll get you up there eventually. And he was, he was a good sport. He waited till the end, till the end. And then he crushed it. Steven's a monster. He is an outlier to me. There's like three people that I know that are like strong, but also have cardio. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those guys. He's just built like a brick house but he's also a camp guy. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. When you look at him, you think, actually, I did this. And I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but when he came and ended up on my shift when I was still at 15s, I looked at him and I knew immediately that he was stronger than me. Like, it's clearly obvious. This dude is way stronger than me. But I thought, mistakenly, <laughs> that I would bury him with my cardio. Not true. Not even close. The kid's a savage. Yeah, 
Shout out to Steve and Flo. Steve and Flo. <laughs> Dude, we had our brothers. Um, I mean, literally like some of my best friends, Justin Callis and Brian Noss and their wives and families. Noss brought um, Mama and Melda and, and his dad, Z, who I just adore, and their kids out. And Melanie made us all these really rad mugs from you know, her little shop. And then Christina Callen is coming out, but Justin has always, he's Justin has also been on the podcast. He's a captain now up in the Palmdale area, but he's always come out with this flag and he stepped out 110 floors carrying this American flag with the thin blue and thin red line because he was also a deputy sheriff before he was a fireman. And that is so rad to watch him grind out. And everyone was saying, Oh, like he was getting near the end of the climb and he was, tacking out in the red zone and i'm like they're like oh you got to pull him off i'm like there ain't nothing that is gonna stop justin countess from getting off this climber and he's gonna grind through and he did a hundred percent a hundred percent Artie magnus the manimal came out with his girlfriend karen and Artie's on injury right now but karen threw a brush coat on and was grinding it out with a action magnus on the back i just i love to see that stuff it and, broke Artie's heart to not be able to climb oh, but i'm so so proud of him that he had the self-control to not climb because he is legitimately injured and he cannot climb but i honestly think if karen hadn't been there he probably would have but she kept him in check so strong work nothing but respect Artie. we all know that you can climb 110 floors and crush all of us mm-hmm and there's always next year. And then you had the lion in wait. And I, I feel so bad because we had a program guy, Captain Josh Nessa, come out who is like Steven. It's just mm-hmm. an absolute beast. They are throwing up some unbelievable fitness numbers on the weightlifting, but he's also got the cardio. He was a camp guy too. But Nessa came out with his family. And, um, you know, the poor guy had to wait there forever. And I don't even think he got a climb in because they had other family commitments. And same with Corey Van Vliet. And I felt so bad because we just didn't have enough time. There's so many people there. But he I, I just looked like a lion in wait, like going, oh, Nessa's just waiting to, like, beat the record on this thing. And he never got to do it. So I apologize to Corey and Nessa that, that you didn't. And I just, but it sounded like they had a good time and the families had a good time, even though they didn't climb. Yeah. And so if you're listening to this and you were at the climb, especially if you're one of those people that had to wait a long time or did not get to climb, we've already been talking. That issue is going to be solved. We've got a couple different solutions for it. So when you come out next year, it's going to run a lot smoother. We did literally get inundated with over three times more climbers than we've had in previous years, which is an amazing, awesome, quote unquote, problem to have. And we were stoked about it. But it was clear that the level of organization that we had had at the two previous ones wasn't working when we bumped it up to, we had over 100 people there with 85 climbers. So we do apologize. It is already resolved and next year will run a lot smoother and we will get you a climb with less weight. No doubt. Dude, we had, you know what's kind of cool is, well, you might not know this, but we had Griffin Scott come out. He was a firefighter for LA County. And apparently we had talked to him um, in the past when he was trying to get on the fire service and he had listened to the podcast and we had done some stuff, but he came out with his girlfriend, Gracie, who's a superstar in her own right and his family. And they're like that young Hollywood looking couple. It's like what a <laughs> firefighter supposed to look like, but they, he absolutely, I think he might've had one of the top times in turnouts for sure. He would look like it was no big deal. And it was super impressive to watch his fitness level and grinding out. And it was so humid. I don't think anybody can look at a time on turnouts. It's like, unless you were there on the competition floor that day, because that day in that condition is different animal than you doing it at a 24 hour fitness. You know what I mean? And it's different than even if you put on turnouts and went into the shade, like every year is different based on the climate. And I knew guys were just struggling because of the humidity and he just made it look easy. Oh yeah. You're, you're totally right. You cannot compare one year to the next because with the humidity and everything, once your body temperature reaches a certain level, you just cannot physically push any faster, right? You have to slow down because your body's going to overheat. It won't let you push further. So yeah, one year to the next, the time doesn't matter. Yeah. Unless you're out there on the ground that day, there's no, there's no competition. 
we gotta we gotta thank now Captain Michael Kenobi and his wife Kristen. They did so much of the event organization and planning for us and took so much off. They had all these wristbands and pens and T-shirts. And Kristen, bless you, because you made the the booth with the thing. And it's just everything was like so awesome because we just throw things together and see what happens. But Kristen actually made it look awesome. And Mike put in so much work. So Mike's literally one of my favorite dudes on the planet. But I love those guys. And it was so awesome to have them help us with all this. Toward the end of the event, they jumped onto the Stairmasters right next to each other and and did a climb. With the kids, too. Yeah, Yeah. the kids were doing it, too. So that was awesome. I got to thank my wife for coming out because, obviously, at a family event like that, you've got to have your family there. And my wife came out. It's a huge, long drive. We have a brand-new puppy. You know, the weather was, was what it was. But she came out and not only was there to support and be part of it, but she climbed as well and waited till the end of the day to do it because of time. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Thank you to Harmony, too. It's so funny because I've been asking Harmony for like three months to be like, hey, come to the station. Hey, come to the gym. Let's do a stair climb together. Zero interest. My wife, she love her. She doesn't, no interest. She has other activities and hobbies she likes. But she said, I'm going to do the climb. And I'm like, you haven't prepped for it, you know? And then she went out and no preparation. She did the climb. And it was like, she granted it out and she said it was really hard, but she's like, yeah, I did. I told you I was going to do it. And it was awesome because she was helping so much with all this stuff and her car was filled to the brim with stuff. So it was awesome there. We couldn't do this without them. The climb is hard, regardless of if you've prepared or not. (laughs) Yes. Dude. And all right, we had the McGovney's Mm, and we had Rick dear friends with Chadwick, who's now a captain, but his wife is like a sponsored marathoner, um, runner. Her name's Crystal McGovney. You should check her out online. And I think she's sponsored by Brooks and some other things. And she was interested to coming out and doing the climb. And she's like, I, she hasn't really done that before because she's a runner. Well, she went first and I was like, we should have put her last. because <laughs> I think she was in the 20-minute range, and, yeah. which is really fast. It's fast. And she absolutely crushed it, and so did the McGovern kids. But I she, I think she might have had a top. She didn't have gear on, but I think she had the top time as yeah, far as probably. just doing 120 floors. It was awesome. The McGovernies are rad. That was the dude. That was the best part of the event. We've been talking about it already a ton, but meeting everybody's family. There were multiple families yes. there where I knew the guys, you know, because we worked together, or their program guys. There were a lot of program guys out there, but then getting to meet their wives and their kids and seeing them together, dude, that, it was the best thing ever. Yeah, like so, we just became really good friends with Trevor Graves. Trevor is yes. a Torrance firefighter, I want to say, and he yes. came to class six just recently. He's he a lives beast in of town. I don't, I lived in Marietta for like the last eight or nine years. I'll never, I've never crossed paths with him. Right. And then he came to the program. We're buddies now. And then his wife came out and they have four kids. He is a beast of a man. They went after it. All the kids did the climb. All the, and same with like Drew Waite. You know what I mean? But mm. the Graves family was awesome. And how many kids does Drew Waite have? Four? I don't Thank know, dude. I, I hesitate to guess because I'm going to get it wrong. It might be five. Oh, man. But both of them have these huge <laughs> Sorry, families. Drew. Yeah. And all six of them of the Waite family and of the Graves family, who were both in our recent class six, got after it. But like you said, like I became buddies with them, but it was awesome to then meet the wife. And then my wife loves her wife. And they're already talking about meeting up at something, coffee or doing something. So anyways, the Waite and the Waite kids are like the coolest kids on the planet. They have their own YouTube channel. They do. They do. We'll link to it in the show notes, actually. I was checking it out this morning myself and getting all fired up on their rad video. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Yeah, because Indy's starting to do BMX. He is. We're all going to meet up at the pump track. I might just video you guys because I don't want another neck injury. So we'll see. But I I don't have a bike, so I'll video too. Oh, we got bikes, dude. We got bikes. And then, you know, you got Chris Polanco, longtime friend, was a original 15s guy now he's like this cool engineer dude he yep. came out with his daughter avery and he waited all day to yeah, climb he did. And yeah he did it that was amazing we had the signs family andy signs was out there with his family are I we pronouncing it. that correctly yes i, was <laughs> I know co- we are i know we finally are. we are yeah but andy was in class five yes 
30-year L.A. City captain, and I'm, I'll be honest, when I was intimidated when he was coming up to the program, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. 30-year fire. But absolutely one of the most solid dudes I've ever met and just humbled to have him like be a part of our thing. And his wife and his kids are incredible, and they were so rad. Yes. Okay, we got to talk about Dr. Tony Coletto. Anthony Coletto was a childhood friend of mine. He went into the Navy, had a storied career in the Navy. Um, I think he was an EOD guy, had multiple deployments, and then decided to get out of Navy and become a physician to help the veterans' kids. So now he's a pediatrician, and I think he works on base still. Oh, wow. And his wife, Jessica, is a stud. I think she put a weight vest on and just crushed it. But they've been to the, our first climb and having them back and watching him and all he's accomplished and their family's accomplished and how awesome their boys are. We had these conversation of his boys are lifeguards and they're interested in the fire service. So hopefully we can have them talk about that. And just to see the thing come full circle as adults is just amazing. I'm like so proud of him and all that they're doing and their family's incredible. We had two active duty Marines out there yeah, too. Yeah, the devil dogs. Yeah, we had our boy Nathan come out. He came to the cl- he came to the program. He was in class five. He got out there and climbed. And then we had your buddy, artist, big artist. Yes, he came out. They climbed, and of course they got to climb side by side because you know they're Marines. They have to do things together. You know, buddy system, teams, whatever they call it. But they got out there and crushed it together. It was super cool to see. Yeah, I did. And we had, we have a new captain at 15s, Ray Carbone, who I've known oh, on the job right. for a long time. And I don't know if we could say it, but his wife came out and then she wasn't going to do it. And then all, she saw all these other wives doing it and she went out and crushed it. And it was awesome to have Ray support us and shout out to her. I can't wait for him to come back to 15s. He's just an awesome, awesome dude. I can't wait for us to, you know, lead us on the truck. But we, we also had, like, I don't know how many program guys were there, but it just seemed like we were flooded with program guys like Greg Thomas and Nathan, you know what I mean? And Thomas came out and crushed it, had the green shirt on for a program shirt. It's just cool. Let me, let me tell you a story. We haven't talked about this yet about Greg Thomas. So he climbs, full turnouts BA, does the thing. He gets off and... As people are coming off the stairs, I'm kind of guiding them over to you so they can ring the bell and say the name of the guy they're climbing for. And then I'm helping them take their gear off. I didn't get to everybody, but I'm trying to help them get their gear off. And then I am forcing them to put their arms <laughs> into the ice bucket or the uh, ice chest to cool off, their, bring their core temperature down. So I see Greg and he's on his knees and he's got his jacket off and he's just gotten off the machine. And I come over to him and I get down low and I'm like, all right, let's go. We're going to go put our arms in the ice. And he says, no. And I look at him, I'm like, what? What? What do you mean, no? We're doing this right now. He said something along the lines of, that's against my religion, except I don't think he used the word religion. (laughs) But he said, that's I think he said, that's against my philosophy. And I looked at him, I'm like, are you serious? Are Are you lightheaded right now? What are you talking about? And he said, do you think that they carried ice chests full of ice water up that tower? Savage. Do you think that there's going to be an ice bucket for me outside of the next fire that I fight? And I just looked at him and I said, I respect that. And I walked Carry away. on. Yeah. What a stud. Greg Thomas is, and he's right. He's he right. right. <laughs> it kind of goes back to, we were fans of Miko Salo. He won mm. the CrossFit games in whatever year. And he's this crazy Finnish dude, mm-hmm. but he had that Sisu. Sisu. He had a thing like in the CrossFit community, it was the first time people were working out to like max effort and they would finish a workout and just lay on a puddle of sweat on their backs and just lay in like near death. Right. And he never did that. And somebody asked him what that, why you never lay down? And he said, I follow Sisu. And they're like, what's that? And he's like in the wild, that's the sign of defeat when an animal is defeated. You know what I mean? That somebody has dominated them. He's like, I'm not going to be defeated. And I was, or something like that, right? Yeah. It's so Sisu is a Finnish concept and it's a term that if you were to roughly translate it, it's basically the idea that you have this strength of will, this perseverance that 
regardless of the adversity, you're going to act rationally. That not you're never going to quit that whole idea. And it was really inspirational back then in the early days of CrossFit because it it was a thing. It probably still is where you know you crush yourself in a workout and then you lay on the ground and you make your sweat angel or whatever. But he's a hundred percent right. Like the fight's never over. You're not done. In the real world, you don't know what's coming next. You don't lie down. Like if you're in combat or at a, on the fire ground or something, we're not laying down. So why are we doing that at the end of our workouts? So yeah, that whole idea. It's awesome. Greg Thomas it just, has it. It was an incredible event. And I, I think we're we're probably missing so many people that did climb like Anthony Bonfa and Alyssa Lopez. And we probably can't shout every single person. But those are the ones that stood out to me and like the, the ones that we know. And it was pretty funny because our dear friend, Brian Noss, was watching us do our thing on the mic and he always jams me up, you know, I'm the circus clown and we were organizing <laughs> and we were busy and a lot of people, we needed to, we needed to like help run the event. But at the end, he's like, must be nice being the guy not doing anything. Right. And then there's a, you know, the, the, the standard from a brother jam up comments. And then we realized like, yeah, we got to get one in. And we had, Nolan and I had both planned to go up to see pastor Jim at a big old event. And we said, it's already too late. There's no way we're going to make it there in time. Stare, then, the, the core people needed to take their stair machines down. <laughs> yeah. And so, but we looked over and we said, hey, like, do you guys want to do this? And then Leslie got on the machine and then I got, and then Noel got on the machine. And all the core people that set this thing up at nine in the morning and most of them grabbed SCBAs, which we mm -hmm. did not, right? And and they got on the stair climber and we got it in. We got a quick one in. And I wanted to shout out Noel because I was super tired. I had lost my voice. I hadn't eaten anything all day. I really didn't want to do the climb, even though I like look forward to it every year because it was a big event. And then Noel's like, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it together. And that meant the world to me because I was like, dude, I'm, of course I'm going to grind it out with my brother, Noel, on the fire. And he's going to, I know Noel can go at a level 13 to his heart's content, but I wasn't there. And he was able to go with me on like a level seven. And he said, we're going to do this together. And it was great. I'm so glad I did, even though we didn't do turnouts, I wasn't prepared. And like, we weren't what we envisioned to do, but it still was very impactful to me to get it done and finish together, you know, as a, as the fire you carry the last group finishing this thing at three in the afternoon. Dude, it was a cool moment. So I had already determined that I wasn't going to climb. I knew that there were too many people. We were, we were out of time. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. They need to take the stair machines down. So my wife, Heather's there and she's like, are you going to climb? And I was like, no, we don't have time. And she said, what are you talking about? She's like, just don't do it in the gear so that you can do it quicker, you know, get it in like 20 minutes or whatever, but, but you've got to at least get one in. And then at the same time, Brian was jamming you up. So we were both like, okay, we're going to do it. And then we got on there and for a little bit before the core people started to get on, it was just me and you. There was nobody else left. Everybody had left the event. It was yeah, just My us. wife's gone. Everybody's gone. And we were climbing and it was just a really cool moment because you know, you talked about it. The whole thing started, what is it, four years ago Yeah, in in the dorm at 15s when you bought a microphone, you know, and then all of this has grown out of that and it's been super cool. So it was a cool moment. And then when the core people got on there, it was like a last rally. There was no crowd. It was just us. And we finished it out. We did it. It's very cool. I, I think we should talk because we did mention this before the podcast. There's certain types of workouts for certain times, right? Mm -hmm. That time I needed a brother to just do some work and we needed to, I wanted to honor the fallen and put in a little bit of work for somebody else. And I, but I needed a brother and I needed somebody who I knew was fitter than me to just kind of grind out the work. And we had tunes playing. We had our songs playing. We were high-fiving each other. I was slapping you on the back. Was it the hardest thing I've ever done? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? But was it what I needed to do? Yes. But I needed you to like just grind out those because I didn't want to. There's nothing in my brain that said this is I needed to go home, you know, but I'm so glad we did. So I maybe we could talk about the different types of like, do you have to thrash yourself every single workout? Like, dude, no. And in that moment, in the context of that moment and moments like it, because this isn't the only time that that's happened, 
with us or with other people, regardless of who's in the position of being the fitter person, you, you take this instance, because this is what we're talking about, and Kevin and I get up on the Stairmaster together. Kevin can crush me, right? And he crushes me. And then he gets off the Stairmaster. And now I'm up there by myself, finishing it out. Am I going to finish it? Of course. What's really the value there? Unless Kevin hates my guts, there's not really a lot of value there. And if that's the case, then you got other problems. But but there's a, there's an incredible amount of value and just camaraderie and brotherhood in doing that, just like that, and finishing it together and not worrying about who's fitter, who can do it faster. It doesn't matter. We're doing this together as a team and we're going to finish it as a team. And you and I have done that a lot in the past with people that have come to work out with us at the station or at other uh, other events where it's like, okay, this portion of the workout we're finishing as a team. And there's a huge value there. And so there's a time and a place for that. Is there a time and a place for for taking souls and just wrecking someone and burying them? Yes, 100% there is. But it is definitely not every single time you work out. When would be an appropriate time to to take someone's soul, to Look, bury them? I think if you're in a competition setting. For sure. There's money on the line. There's pride on the whatever it is, a competition setting. Like, I'll be honest with you. I, I would turn my hat around backwards and turn into a savage. I wanted to, I wanted to win. I wanted to hurt somebody when I was in a competitive, like college arena. I didn't want to make friends with anybody on I wanted to bury. It's time to win. Yeah. And so, but that was that. And so, but we were winning for a team, for a purpose, for a goal, for a drive. I think that's okay. I think when David Goggins runs a hundred mile race, and there's sponsorships on there, like it's time to take souls, right? Bury them and see what you got. And then everybody in the world is gunning for David Goggins. So that's a pretty hard place to be. I think if you got a new engineer that's cocky, it's jamming you up and say <laughs> how many grand feet of ladder you got, I think that's appropriate to level the playing field and say, no, bury them, right? <laughs> and just check, check the playing field. But I also think how... I don't, I'm not going to do that with my wife and kids. There's right. a camaraderie form. Like one of my favorite things to do is grab the dog and walk with her in the morning or walk with her after dinner in the sunset. And like, I'm not timing it. I'm not having my heart rate monitor and we're just getting some steps in and valuing the time together. There's yeah. no distractions or like playing pickleball at the station. Like you and I suck at pickleball. Right. But, it's fun. There's camaraderie. We're outside. We're getting some vitamin D. Guys are laughing, joking. There's a camaraderie for them. And that's so valuable. That's not a time to like, I'm going to bury you and I want to win 13 games to nothing. No, we're just playing pickleball. I also don't think there's a place in the workout space for sandbagging. And I know I've had instances in the past where I've been working out with somebody and I know that it would be a huge boost to their morale to beat me in a workout. And so there's that, I don't know if temptation is the right word, but there's that thought that like, I could kind of sandbag this and let Mike Kenobi beat me in this workout. But I don't think it's appropriate. It's an integrity thing. Like you can't do that because it would be, it would be false. It wouldn't be real. So that's an, that's an appropriate place to then implement, Hey, as one, we're going to finish this as a team and full disclosure, Mike Kenobi has beat me in a workout before. I want to make sure I put that out there, but there's yes. no place for sandbagging either. You can't fake it. No, but that competition drives things. Like, who is that? Um, there's like famous basketball players and their fathers who are super important in their life. Never They played one-on-one -on -one their whole life growing up, and their father never let them win a single game. Right. Dominated them. Dominated them until they got into college. And at some point, there was this crossover where the kid finally beat the dad. And said it was that drive and then it was this huge moment from then on he never lost ever again but that gave him the ability to become a professional because his dad didn't let him win you know and so you know when the kids are early like three five of course you let them win like you know a thumb war and the different things but yeah, like go fish yeah but now ali you know we've been getting into chess right and she's mm. she could and we're playing chess and she's getting good and she watches chess.com and she knows like opening moves and closing moves and all these other things. Well, but I'm like, I'm, I'm being competitive with her. I'm not letting her win anymore. She's old enough to be like, it's going to mean something to her when she does win, you know? Yeah. Going to be huge. Yep. That's awesome.
Yeah, and we we didn't shout out one more person. It was Matthias Serziwak, however you say your name. Matthias is a man, dude. He's gone he to two programs. Man. He's on probation right now in Englewood with LA County. He was with Dave Tebow with 33s. And just one of the more rad dudes we've ever seen. And he knew some guys from the OCFA that showed up. And we got a shout out to the OCFA. I think it was Engine 54 that showed up. But um, amazing event. I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to go with Core and Stairmaster in my zone and just blow this thing up. And I think we got great plans already for great stuff ahead. So be on the lookout because we're going to set a date for 2024 pretty soon. So we all know way in advance like when this is going down. Yes, let's go. Plan on being there because this is a great event, huge family event. Plan on bringing your family, your friends. We want to see you out there next year. This has been the Fire You Carry podcast. Hello, podcast listener. We are about a month away from class eight of the fire up program wait a minute is it eight it doesn't matter (laughs) i lose track regardless we are about a month away from our next fire program class this one is in october it's the 13th through the 15th this will probably be the class where we have the best weather now of course i can't guarantee that because we are on the mountains and you never know what's going to happen It might be snowing, it might be 100 degrees, but most likely it'll be in the 70s, beautiful, crisp, fall. You should come join us, not just because of the weather, but because of the transformative and amazing time that you will have out there. So follow the links in the show notes, clear your schedule, and come join us for the Fire Up program in October 13th through the 15th. Oh, I found Drew Waits' YouTube channel. It's rad, huh? He's got some wild kids, dude. Dude, they're awesome. Next level. Yeah, totally next level. He's like, you guys got to come down to the pump track with me. I'm like, we're not ready. (laughs) Yeah, those kids are savages, dude. It's awesome. They're like the next uh, what? Nitro Circus dudes. They look crazy. I love it.